Hey everyone, welcome to the Thinking Christian Podcast. I am your host, Dane Kramer. I'm glad you're here today. If you'd like to know more about me or this podcast, just go to thethinkingchristian.us. There you'll find my website, you'll find information about me, about this podcast, I have some other resources, feel free to take a look. You'll also find a contact form on my website where you can reach out and contact me if you'd like. Just go to the contact form, fill it out, send it to me, and I'll, I'll be happy to respond to you just as soon as I can via email. So take advantage of that if that's something you feel led to do. This episode is being released on Christmas Day 2018, and for that reason I'll kind of want to do something a little bit different. I typically uh, talk about theological issues or philosophical issues or things or maybe biblical issues, those kinds of things. And I'm very much interested in that. But uh, today, because it's Christmas, I want to talk about something else if I can. I'm calling this uh, episode for those who heard at Christmas time. Um, I have a blog on my website. And uh, I, I blogged this several years ago, and it continues to be probably one of the most read blogs on my site. Uh, got a lot of uh, hits, uh, for, according to my web stats, and uh, I think for good reason. Because even though Christmas brings a lot of joy, it brings a lot of happiness, it's a lot of fun, it's a season that a lot of people look forward to, it can also be a very painful season. And so I kind of want to just pause in this podcast to talk about that today. You know, as we take a look at the first Christmas, uh, it's kind of interesting. I'm talking about the first Christmas in the Bible, Luke chapter 2, uh, in the early pages of early pages of Matthew. We find the Christmas story, Mary and Joseph. And it's interesting. Um, and I, I like to look at it from Joseph's, Joseph's perspective, uh, you know, the stepfather of Jesus. A simple man from a simple town of Nazareth, uh, a carpenter, kind of uh, making a living in a, in a very rough and a very difficult world. He's betrothed, meaning he's engaged to be married to a young girl by the name of Mary. And uh, first century betrothal was a very serious thing. Uh, today, when you want to marry somebody, you give them a ring and propose and they accept. You hand them the ring and if they break it, they just kind of throw the ring back at you and it's over. But in the early first century, it wasn't like that. A betrothal uh, meant that two families got together and talked about their kids and they reached an agreement that their son and their daughter would be getting married to each other. And so it involved more than just two people, but it involved two families. And for that reason, uh, to end a betrothal, often required a, a legal act, maybe before the local magistrate, to, to get it um, to get it ended. Very serious matter. And so Joseph and Mary were betrothed. Uh, she goes away for three months to see her cousin Elizabeth. And when she returns, I'm kind of reading between the lines here a little bit in the scriptures because it doesn't go into this kind of detail. But I'm, and I I'm, guess I'm paraphrasing in a sense too. When she returns, I think it's obvious to Joseph that Mary's pregnant. And, you know, he knows that's not my child. Uh, he had not been with Mary yet, and so that can't be his. Now, we read that Joseph, and this is in Luke chapter 2, Joseph is a righteous man. And uh, I think that just meant he was a man of faith. He believed God. He was a good man, as you and I might say. Joseph was a, a good guy. And so for that reason, even though he could have insisted on his rights, he could have dragged her before the court, um, uh, breaking, uh, I mean, not 
not breaking, but um, to uh, to cheat on somebody that you're betrothed to was breaking a law. It was it was adultery, and um, Joseph could have dragged her to the courts. He could have insisted on the penalty of adultery, um, which, in according to the law of Moses, was a capital offense. Although I'm not sure that they could have carried that out in early first century because of the Romans. But in, in any event, he could have insisted on his rights. He could have demanded that justice be done. But we read that Joseph was a righteous man. And so instead of doing that, he decides, well, I'm not going to marry her, but I'm just going to do it quietly. I'm just going to end this agreement quietly, go on with my life. You know, there is something about learning to forgive. There is something about not um, taking your angst out on your enemies. And it would appear to Joseph that Mary had become his enemy. She had cheated on him. That's At least that's what he thought. But he wasn't going to do that. He was just going to end it quietly and move on with his life. It's not hard to see why this man became Jesus' stepfather. Uh, he's a good guy. And so, um, he's going to do this, uh, but he goes to bed one night, and uh, you know, maybe with the intention of waking up the next morning and just kind of taking care of business. But that night he's visited by an angel in a dream. And this angel tells him that uh, not to do that, not to continue with it, but to go ahead and take Mary as his wife because she's pregnant uh, by the Holy Spirit. You know, I've had a lot of dreams in my life. And, uh, you know, a lot of dreams where I wake up for a few minutes and think, wow, is it, was that a dream or was that real? But I've never had a dream like Joseph's dream because when he woke up, there was apparently no question in his mind as to how real that was. He knew it had happened. And so he did exactly that. He, he went forward to take Mary as his wife. But um, as they were in that process, Caesar Augustus from Rome stepped in and uh, decided to order a census. He wanted to count the number of people in uh, what we would call modern-day Palestine. He wanted to know how many people were there, and he also wanted to know how much revenue he could get in taxes. So he decided to have every man go back to his hometown uh, to where his fathers were from and be counted, be registered actually, not just counted, but registered for a tax. And so Joseph uh, was of the line of David and so he had to return to Bethlehem, the city of David, to be registered. Bethlehem is really just a small town, not big at all, but the, the journey was going to take a, probably about a week, maybe longer because Mary was very pregnant by this time and was soon to give birth. And so they uh, pack up and head south towards Bethlehem for what could have been a very arduous journey, uh, whether it's on foot or on beast of burden, I can't tell you. Uh, but uh, the, the way was probably fraught with dangers and, and problems uh, as they traveled south towards Bethlehem. And uh, when they get there, we, we read that there was no room at the inn. I talked about that briefly in my previous podcast. It could have meant that there was no room at the hotel or it could have meant there was no room at one of their family's uh, houses. I'm not sure exactly what that means entirely. But in any event, um, there's no comfortable place for them. Uh, we assume that they retire to some sort of stable because Mary gives birth and lays Jesus in a manger, which is a feeding trough where animals eat from. So it seems that they are in some type of barn or stable, which may be not much more than a, a cave uh, hewn out of the hillside. Uh, as I think about this Christmas from Joseph's story, what strikes me is just how wrong 
everything seemed to have gone. Um, and I'm not talking just about the fact that Mary was pregnant. Uh, I'm talking about really everything from that point on. That first Christmas, Joseph and Mary were not at home. Uh, if he would have wanted to be anywhere, it would not have been Bethlehem. It would have been at home at Nazareth with where his family and her family could have been around them, where she could have given birth in a much more controlled environment with friends and family, with people you know, celebrating and also helping. Yet they're on the road. They're in a, a place that they don't belong necessarily, that they don't feel at home. Uh, Joseph probably felt, you know, I'm the father. I've been picked by God to be the stepfather of the Messiah. And yet here I am, the best I can do. The best that I can do is a barn or stable for my wife's uh, birth or for, for her to give birth to a child. And so I could imagine for him, Joseph, thinking, wow, this is just not right. I'm not at home. The best thing that I can do is, is to find a, a place for my wife to give birth and we have to lay the child in a feeding trough. And so I could imagine Joseph perhaps feeling well, insufficient, as if this, this isn't right. I'm not doing it good enough. You know, Christmas um, can bring that kind of feeling sometimes. We, we get in the mail Christmas cards. We get greetings uh, that are sent to us. And you open up a, an envelope and pull out a Christmas card. And there on the cover is, uh, you know, a, a beautiful manger scene, a night scene, or maybe a, a snowy scene uh, of peace. And pictured on it as a lamb or a candle or just some kind of peaceful emblem that is supposed to tell us this is Christmas. But quite honestly, I think a lot of us, if we looked at our lives, we would say, my life doesn't resemble a Christmas card. There's a lot that's going on that um, sometimes probably makes us feel a little like Joseph and that this isn't right. I'm away from family and friends. I'm not surrounded by the people that I want to be surrounded by. I'm in a foreign place. I'm in a place that I don't want to be. I'm being pushed around by circumstances that I don't want to be pushed around by. My life doesn't look like a Christmas card. But imagine that's what Joseph, in a way, would have felt like. This is all wrong. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And yet, this is the way it was. You know, I think, though, that Jesus came into this world for Christmases just like that, though. For people like Joseph and Mary. For people like you and me, whose lives don't resemble a Christmas card. Our lives don't resemble that peaceful kind of picture. We're messed up. We're a messed up people. We come from broken, dysfunctional homes where people sometimes just don't get along or separated from loved ones either by distance or by death. And we find ourselves in circumstances where we don't want to be. Like Joseph, I think we would say, my life doesn't resemble a Christmas card. But as for those kinds of situations, as for us, that Jesus came. In fact, he would later say that he had not come to make the righteous repent. He didn't come 
the physician does not come for those who are well, but he comes for those who are sick. And he didn't call the, the righteous to repentance. As a matter of fact, in the Gospel of Luke, when he began his ministry, he read from the prophet Isaiah, and he said that he had come to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. You hear that list? He came for the, for the poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, and the blind. If you're that kind of person, then I believe Jesus has you in mind. In fact, he has a lot in common with you. I think his heart breaks with yours. He knows the hurt, he knows the loss, and he does hear you. I think when I look at Christmas like that, it brings me a lot of hope that I'm the kind of person that Jesus wants to come to. You are the kind of person that he desires to fellowship with and are broke up, broken up, messed up lives. And that brings me hope. That's all for today. Just want to bring you a short Christmas message and wish you the very best in this holiday season and the future. This is Dane Kramer from the Thinking Christian Podcast. Thanks for joining me today.